people go on holiday to relax, have fun, and get away from the general rat race. Many holiday memories are happy ones, though a few, like these tales, can be truly terrifying. I was about six or seven when we took a family holiday to Disneyland, Florida. I was a fairly aloof child, and stranger danger was something that had been drilled into us at school. My mum was paranoid about us going off with strangers, and was convinced that I was a target, being a blue-eyed blonde kid. All I wanted was my freedom to run around, but nope. From day one, I had a Velcro strap put around my wrist, and a boingy cable linking me to my mum, who wore the other end on her wrist. It was effectively a lead. A week at Disney on a lead was hell for me, and probably for my parents too. Nowadays you'd call it ADD. Back then, it was called naughty. If I wasn't trying to undo the strap, I was barking like a dog, howling like a dog, or rolling around on the floor. I was a joy of a child. The last day there, I had calmed down. Well, I was speaking like a human again rather than a dog and begged and begged for my parents to let me off the lead, until finally they gave in and said yes, I could take the strap off, but I had to hold one of their hands. Fair deal. All went swimmingly to begin with, I stayed close to my parents, held their hands. As time went by and it became clear I wasn't going to run off, I was allowed moments of freedom. No hands! Woohoo! There were so many exciting things to see, all my favourite Disney characters waving, my favourite music playing. We began to cross an open area, which I think was generally towards the exit of the park. I was still hands-free. My attention was firmly fixed on Minnie Mouse, who was ahead of me, when my dad grabbed my hand. I stuck to the rules. The deal was I held my parents' hands. So off we went towards the exit to leave. When Dad started running, I began to run too. I wasn't sure where we were running to, but I was a hyperactive child, so in my head was, yay, running. Then I heard my mum scream. And I mean scream my name from behind me. I looked over my shoulder to see my mum, brother, and to my surprise, my dad, chasing after me. I felt the hand holding mine tighten, and looked up at the man I thought was my dad. He was a mid-fifties man with grey hair and a grey beard. Not my forty-year-old dad with black hair and no beard. Creepy dude never once looked at me. His face was blank, and he looked pretty calm. My little feet brakes came on out of shock and I became a lead weight, which along with the people who stopped around us due to mum screaming, was enough for my sprinting family to catch up with me. Would-be child abductor then clearly decided that he didn't fancy his chances against my dad, dropped my hand and disappeared. My dad chased him and my mum and brother grabbed me. I can't remember much of what happened afterwards. Dad was built for comfort not speed, so didn't catch the dude. Mum was hysterical. I was gutted, because this meant I was never being let off the lead again. I think my parents saw the police out there, and they said that there were a number of attempted abductions around that time at the Disney park. So Disney child abductor, let's not meet again. One of my friends has a love for camping, bless his soul. Anyway, we're close so I occasionally am taken along on his trips. We've been doing it since secondary school. And as we grew older, we ended up in some rather remote places. This is anything from 30 minutes to 6 hours drive from home. So, this is Scotland. Most of you will note that it rains a lot. During my 17th summer, it didn't. In fact, the weather was wonderful. 
Cue my friend calling up and insisting we go camping somewhere crazy. We didn't get this opportunity much, so sure. Cue Ardnamurkin, an extremely remote peninsula in the Highlands region. Most of this area is only accessible by single track road. Hey, we had the sun on our side at least. Except we didn't, because the Scottish microclimate is a fickle bitch. So now we have mist, we have rain, we have thunder, we have misery. However, after driving several hours north of Ayrshire, there was no way we'd give up and go home. So long story short, my friend, his friend and I, sat in a small three-man tent watching the rain, drinking whiskey and being miserable. Which is actually a typical Scottish way of life. Now, there are no villages within reasonable walking distance, so the sky is bloody dark. Anyway, after this, alcohol, misty rain and isolation, the whole thing became very creepy. It's around this point when I see him. Our tent was looking over a large moor, surrounded by forest and dotted with small locks slash ponds. The only reason I see him is because his reflection on the lock is illuminated by the moon. He's a good distance away, but after I noticed him, he was impossible to miss. It was like a silhouette that stood, facing us with his hands near his head. Anyway, the weirdest thing about this guy was that he had horns. So it was a deer, right? There's loads of deer kicking around. No, because as we watched him, we saw him move. Quick, darting jerks, but very human ones. We concluded that this guy was nuts. His hands were holding antlers on his head, and he was having a laugh scaring the kids in their tent. Yeah, whatever, right? So, let's drink a little more. So, my friends and I biffed out for 30 minutes. This turned into jokes about Mr. Deer. This turned into my friends passing out in a drunken stupor. Hell, we couldn't even see the guy anymore. Maybe it was a deer, after all. Whiskey does do crazy things. I decided to go out for a piss. In my underwear. In the rain, because, again, whiskey. I'm standing in the darkness near a bush doing my business when I see movement. This time, close by. Just as well I'm halfway through taking a leap because, you know, the deer man appears, holding the antlers at his waist like swords. It doesn't sound like much, but Jesus Christ, that was the scariest moment of my life. I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. I could put my dick away, though, because, you know, priorities. This guy stood and stared and grinned, then said something. Being Scottish myself, I can deal with some difficult accents. But whatever this guy said sounded foreign. At that point I ran, calling my friends names like the big man I was. You know that feeling in a dream where you keep trying to run but end up jogging on the spot? It felt like that. The last glimpse I caught of him was his face as I looked behind me. He was running at me, breathing heavily, and he may or may not have had his tongue out. I don't know. I wasn't going to get tied up in the details. For some reason, I rushed into the tent for safety where my friends were, and they were wondering what kind of piss I'd just taken. After explaining what happened, we were brave enough to look outside. The guy had gone. That, or was hiding crouched in the darkness. Needless to say, we packed the tent and left. 2am. 
the worst, scariest walk of shame in my life. To this day, I have no idea who that guy was. I'm assuming he was another camper, or a local having some fun, or maybe he was actually a seriously disturbed stag fan. The next time we visited Ardna Merkin, we decided to stay in a holiday home in the safety of a village. Three. This isn't paranormal, but here's my creepy story. I was 11 at the time, and I was really excited because my family were going to Fiji for the first time. We were going to a resort on a small island. The native people lived on one side of the island and worked at the resort and sold stuff to the tourists. It was a summer day and my family was sleeping, and being an energetic 11-year-old, I couldn't fall asleep. So I decided to try and catch some of the skinks sunbathing on rocks behind the motel. Following a narrow path through the forest, intent on catching the skinks sunbathing in the patches of sun, I didn't notice one of the native men behind me, and got a massive fright when he offered him broken English to help me look. He was around 30. Now, I'm an extremely paranoid person, and I knew something was off about him. I hesitantly agreed, and he was, now that I think about it, herding me further and further up the path. I nervously told him I had to go now, but he told me there were lots of lizards ahead. I would have went back to my family right then, but he was blocking the narrow path, and so I kept going up. After a few minutes, we came to a clearing, and he went over to a blue tarpaulin on the ground and motioned for me to sit. I didn't want to, but if I ran now and he chased, he would easily catch me, and things would have been much worse, so I sat. He sat uncomfortably close to me and started asking if I knew what sex was. That was the last straw for me, and without warning, I leapt to my feet and ran. I ran faster than I had ever ran before, but I could hear him behind me getting closer and closer. I was almost out of the brush, too scared and out of breath to yell for help. I made it. I got out of the forest just before he caught me. Crying, I went and told my parents, and we went to the owners of the resort who promised to check it out. A few days later, they came and told us that he was a mentally disabled man who lived in the village and wasn't supposed to leave it. He had a past of violence. Unsurprisingly, I spent the rest of the holiday glued to my parents' side. This is actually my mother's story, but I'll be damned if she ever lets me forget it. When I was a teenager, my parents were quite wealthy. My dad was a salesman for a high-end Chinese tech company, and he would regularly take trips overseas. There was one time that my mother chose to go with him. She had never been to China before, and there was some opportunity to get out of Hong Kong and experience the culture of the mainland. After a luxurious start to the vacation, my parents hopped on a plane and headed over to Shenzhen. Now, Mum is a pretty streetwise lady by US standards. She's managed to survive some pretty intense living conditions and navigated the ghetto well enough. So, I think she got incredibly arrogant here. At some point, when my dad was speaking with his superiors in a meeting, she asked if she could head out alone to do some shopping. My dad's boss was apprehensive and told her if she really wanted to, to take his number in case anything happened. While shopping, she was lured to a back alley shop that sold a pretty diverse amount of designer knockoffs, bootleg DVD boxes, etc. Now, I'm a huge TV fan, 
and apparently she thought this would be a great opportunity to pick me up the first five seasons of Scrubs on DVD. It was nothing crazy, there are places like this all over China. But apparently she chose the wrong back alley shop. When she was finished making her purchase, a legitimate looking cab rolled up and offered her a ride. The cab ride was quiet, and it didn't take my mum long to realise that something was wrong. The man wasn't driving her back where she came from, and I think he expected her not to have remembered the way to her hotel. There was a second man in the passenger seat with a stern look. The men spoke to each other in Chinese and did not acknowledge her when she spoke to them. They just kept driving. It took her less than half a mile before she tried to escape the car, but the doors were locked from the inside. The men then began yelling at her in Chinese and threatening her. They took her purse and removed the money inside it, and began talking among themselves. With one last resort, my mum called my dad's boss. He began talking to the men in Chinese via the speakerphone. The men were spooked almost immediately. They stopped the car, grabbed my mum, and literally threw her out of the car into the street. They then tossed money at her. When she got back, she learned a couple of things. Number one, the money was counterfeit. They'd kept her real money. Number two, the men were part of the Chinese Mafia. According to my dad's boss, people have a tendency to go missing in situations like this all the time, particularly tourists. He said, had she not made that phone call, she would likely be dead or abducted. The fake cab scam was actually quite a common method of these abductions. And number three, my dad's boss has some sort of questionable but scary pull among the criminal underground of mainland China, or at least knew how to put the fear of God into them. She still has no idea what he said to them. To this day, she gives me a lot of flack, and likes to say that that Scrubs box set nearly cost her her life. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so I went on a vacation with my mum and sister to Florida a few years back during spring break. The area where we stayed is a nice neighbourhood, a neighbourhood full of people's summer homes and getaway houses. We were staying in my mum's friend's beach house, and the three of us were walking home from the house where my aunts and cousins were staying. Now, mind you, these streets are pretty dark. There are a few streetlights on the corners, but otherwise, when it's dark, it is dark. So my mum, my sister and I are walking down the road back to our beach house. My mum is walking ahead of my sister and I, and we're walking side by side. We cross an intersection and see a man in what appears to be a white button-up top and nice black slacks, with an undone tie resting on his shoulders. He's a good few yards away, but starts talking to us. Hey pretty ladies, do you guys have any jumper cables? My car just broke down back here and I could use some help he said. Looking past him, there was no car. There was a street light near him, and we could see that he was alone. No, sorry, we don't have our car here, I replied, taking my sister's arm and walking faster. 
the creepier part is that he starts following us at a distance. I periodically look over my shoulder and can still see him walking slowly behind us. Eventually, we think we lose him, but there's still a feeling of unease in the pit of my stomach. So, my sister, Mum and I make it back to the beach house, and my sister and I quickly lock the screen door, turn the front porch lights off, and close the blinds inside the house, keeping a careful eye to the outside from the windows. My mum thinks that we're being ridiculous, and that the guy genuinely needed some help. But I know my gut, and I wouldn't be feeling uneasy if I didn't think it was suspicious. A few minutes later, guess who's walking down the street? The man, in the white button-up, stands and stares straight at my sister and I through the window from the street. I guess we kind of weren't being that subtle. But then he keeps walking, disappearing into the night. I have never been so terrified in my life. Hi guys, it's Brimstone here. Just wanted to say thank you for watching the video. This is my first themed one around the creepy stories, and I thought, seeing as it's summer, what better place to start than with a good old holiday? If you did enjoy the video, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. I am enjoying reading all the comments that you're leaving. So, until next time, sleep tight.